I'm Joe Collins. I'm running for Congress against Maxine Waters. Do you know where I am right now? Maxine Waters' $6 million mansion. Do you know where I'm not right now? Maxine Waters District. Let me be real for a second. Don Lemon is a joke. He, 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 is a, he is a dumbass, just like Cuomo. Cuomo and his brother, the governor of New York, are both jokes. They're a disgrace to America. And so it's his show. The Communist News Network having him on his show is the reason why a lot of people in our communities are confused about what's going on. Party. South Central LA deserves a leader who will bring back value and opportunity. That's why Joe Collins is running to defeat radical leftist Maxine Waters. She, she, she doesn't even practice what she preaches. That's, that's like the number one rule of law in, in uh, speaking and leadership. You practice what you preach. She doesn't. And that's why it's just it's so amazing to me to see you out here every day not giving up hope. But these are things that we have to fight against. I mean, you know, with the suppression from social media, from conservative voices, and the lack of transparency and honesty from the Democratic Party. I think that the grassroots effort to be able to remove Gavin Newsom and have our voices uh, heard is very strong right now. The issue of California, and right now our city, our state, our counties are being destroyed daily by Gavin Newsom, and that's why this recall effort is so important. And so, um, you know, looking at the history of the Republican Party for black people, you know, uh, this is where we started at in politics. Right. So for me, it's getting back to where... Um, where we started from uh, as, a, as minorities. And, and then another thing is, it, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican because nobody at this point is looking out for the, the urban community. So um, it wouldn't matter if I was a Democrat, it wouldn't matter if I was a Republican. I know everybody like to think that the Democrats are doing everything for you, but I mean, like if you go through our city, South LA, you still see gangs, you still see the, the poor quality job, poor education. We have homeless people everywhere. Right. And that's not even a Republican problem because Democrats have been in here for a very long time. So, I mean, time for something different. Joe Collins is a U.S. Navy veteran. He ran for Congress in California's 43rd Congressional District against none other than Maxine Waters. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Joe E. Collins 3. Joe, I'm very excited to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. Thank you. What trade were you in the Navy, by the way? I had trouble finding that. <laughs> I, I did a little bit of everything. I started off as a jet engine mechanic. Um, I did a boost on the ground tour to Iraq. I was a recruiter and uh, I was also a sexual assault and rape victim advocate. Great. That's good news. I was uh, I was in the Army myself, so I was just interested in what trade uh, trade you were in. So you were in the Navy for over a decade, I read. I read. Um, what made you want to get into politics and eventually run against Maxine Waters? Because that's that's a big name to, to go up against. It is. Uh, well, made me want to get into politics was I actually President Trump, uh, former President Trump. He uh, he ran a campaign, and I and I saw that the voice of the younger generation was not being heard. Um, I don't think anybody who's 70, 80, 90 years old represents the ideas that I have of someone who is in my 30s. And so I uh, ended my military career and I went to uh, run for an office position where I grew up in South Central was that area and Maxine Waters just happened to uh, pull the short stick. Yeah, and, and reading your platform from when you, when you ran, I don't see a lot of those things being addressed. I mean, not specifically by Maxine Waters, of course, but by the Democrats in a whole. I mean, they say they're for these things, but a lot of the things you mentioned, like homelessness, for example, 
I can see it is a big problem there. Now I want to circle back to October and play a bit of your campaign video, which I'm sure you've seen millions of times, <laughs> over a million of people have seen it. But I think what you say in there will always stay relevant. Justin, can we get to that clip? I'm Joe Collins. I'm running for Congress against Maxine Waters. Do you know where I am right now? Maxine Waters is $6 million mansion. Do you know where I'm not right now? Maxine Waters District. Yep, that's right. Maxine does not live in her district, but I do. I was born right here in South LA, in a place Maxine refuses to live. Maxine Waters does not drink our water. She does not breathe our air. And while she sits here in her mansion, our district is in ruins. Let me show you. This is South LA. I was born here. I grew up on 104th and Normandy. Maxine Waters has been in office for 44 years. Has anything got better around here? I can tell you firsthand that it hasn't. Now, Joe, the reason I play that specific clip is because I think it speaks to a lot of cities, particularly large cities in the United States. When in your life did it become apparent to you, like it had for me a few years ago, that a lot of the problems that face these communities, like the ones where you grow up to, seem to be uh, they seem to be in this course where they're electing the same politicians uh, decade after decade. The list of cities is kind of endless off the top of my head. I listed Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Detroit. These are places that have had Democrats in charge for 30 years, even more in some places. Why do people keep voting for them if they're getting the same results? I think that um, when you vote for somebody because that person looks like you and because that person is saying things that you want to hear it, it becomes like a social norm. Like it's normal to vote Maxine in the office. It's normal to vote Alcee Hazen's in the office, knowing that these people has never done anything for you because um, they've just been there for so long. So I think that's the, the, the biggest reason why. Now, how do you convince the people that are in these areas, if they haven't seen it by now, how do you convince them that, look, nothing has changed. Why don't you try something uh, that, that has an argument that is a little bit more depth. I mean, like I mentioned, there's arguments against crime, there's arguments against racism and, and uh, homelessness, but none of this really seems to change uh, it, over the course of 30, 40 years. How do you convince these people or get them to see in these areas that what they're, what they're voting for isn't working? Well, a lot of people in inner cities have trust issues, and so that's why it's hard to get them to uh, move on to something new. And what you got to do is you just have to be there. You have to show them that the things that they're going through isn't normal. I used to think that gang violence growing up in the inner city was normal until I got out of it and I started going across the world, traveling across the United States and seeing that, you know, gang violence is not normal. Poverty isn't normal. And, uh, you know, it's what's been going on for a very long time. Now, I mean, we can harp on Maxine Waters a lot and it's part of a larger issue. So I want to play her famous clip of uh, when she's, you know, this restaurant and all these things, <laughs> all the stuff she says. Justin, can we play that? Because again, I think this stuff resonates uh, almost timelessly, at least for, for at least a few more years, so long as Joe Biden's in office. Let's throw to that clip. Already, you have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Who yeah! have protesters taking up at their house. He's saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, 
in a department store at a gasoline station. You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. She's really a cartoon character, isn't she? Now, there's been so much talk lately about around Trump and the uh, alleged incitement of violence. They want to impeach him for a second time. But whether it's this clip or the kick them when they're down clip and all the clips that arose for the past three years, there's, there's plenty of examples. Is it extremely hypocritical of them to try to claim that Trump's the one inciting violence now? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course it is. Because, you know, we've seen Black Lives Matter and Antifa destroy entire cities over the past year. And that clip that you showed from Maxine Waters, um, that's that's actually relevant because we she sent people to our events while uh, we were running for Congress with guns and, and things like that to intimidate me and my team. Can you elaborate a bit on that? So people, uh, was it a group, was it a specific group? Was it just random people? They sent them there, they had guns on them or what? Yeah, she sent people from, I think it was Watts, I think it was like four men to one of our events. I, I haven't reported it, so on uh, social media, we were having a backpack giveaway and a food drive, and she sent the guys there to try and intimidate me, and, and one of the guys had two guns, and it was just like, like wow, really, at a family event, this is what you do. Um, after we de-escalated the situation, my team caught up with him and asked him who sent them, and they showed the email where... <laughs> Um, one of her chief of staff, you know, had them come up to our event. Wow, that's crazy. I'm going to have to get that, that video from you. Do you think that Joe Biden's administration wants to bring Americans together? Like I mentioned, there's so many times where they're dehumanizing Trump supporters. They're, they're calling them. They've gone as far as call a lot of them terrorists now. Do you think they actually want, them to, want people to come together or does it matter for them? No, they don't want people to come together at all. This never been their agenda is to bring people together. Um, they talk trash to get in the office. They talk trash about Trump supporters. Mind you, it's about 75 million people who support Trump. And, uh, you know, now Joe Biden's talking about he want peace. He's talking this and that. But I don't believe anything he says. He's, he's lied so many times. He said he's not going to rule by executive order. First day in office, 17 executive orders. He didn't do anything for the black community. He just gave a pass to 11 million immigrants and told everybody across the United States, you got 100 days to come to the United States and we're going to give you a citizenship. Um, he's allowed little boys to participate in, in little girls sports. And so we see what the agenda is for the Biden administration. And it's not unity. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have anticipated that Biden would work faster th than Trump with more executive orders, far more. It just so happens they're terrible decisions, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, talking about Biden, he just signed um, some executive orders, and I want to get your opinion on this and and how they claim that they're going to address what he calls systemic racism. So if we could bring some of those up, Justin, I want to read them off to you, Joe, and get your reaction. Um, direct the Department of Justice to not renew contracts with private prisons, ordered Department of Housing to fully implement Fair Housing Act, uh, push federal agencies for more regularly meaningful talk with tribal governments, direct Health and Human Services as well as COVID-19 Health uh, Equity Task Force to examine the best practices to protect Asian, community, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders as part of relief efforts. Now, Joe, um, I want to show you a clip of what Joe Biden has to say about this, and then I want to get your reaction to those executive orders. 
The moment had arrived as a nation where we face deep racial inequities in America and system, systemic racism that has plagued our nation for far, far too long. I said that over the course of the past year that the blinders have been taken off the nation, the American people. But what many Americans didn't see or had simply refused to see couldn't be ignored any longer. Those uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds that took George Floyd's life opened the eyes of millions of Americans and millions of people around all over the world. It was the knee on the neck of justice, and it wouldn't be forgotten. Now, Joe, I don't know what George Floyd has to do with any of these executive orders, but it sounds to me just by reading them, as you can see, that they're more about Native Americans and Pacific Islanders getting disaster relief in neighboring islands. How does this address systemic racism at all? Well, he does have the one that allows the Department of, of Justice to renew private contracts to prisons. I mean, that uh, facilitates black racial inequality right there. Put more black people in prison because that's what private prison uh, industrial complex does. But nothing that Joe Biden says ever makes sense and nothing that he says will ever resonate with me or anybody in the black community. I think he's trash. Now, is it ironic? Do you think it's ironic coming from Joe Biden because... I've made a lot of videos about him, and when I go back in the history of him in office, a lot of the stuff's very hard to find. He's got all these weird statements from the past, which I think that he doesn't believe are racist, but they certainly sound very racist. I mean, he's known as the father of the crime bill. Um, and by the end of his term, that'll be 12 out of 16 years where Joe Biden's in the White House. How come things have not gotten better in terms of racial inequality or racial justice in the U.S.? Well, because Joe Biden is the epitome of white supremacy in any United States. I mean, when you look at every single thing that Joe Biden has ever done, it has never been to, to help anybody of, of any racial ethnic background. I mean, you look at the, the 94 crime bill. That was all him. He was there whenever Jim Crow was enacted. He walked with the Grand Wizard from the Ku Klux Klan. Um, even under Obama uh, as a vice president, he still didn't do anything except for allow his son to run around to different countries and extort him. So, I mean, Joe Biden, he's, he's legitimately trash, and I don't know why people voted for him. Yeah, and, and a lot of the stuff, I don't know if the viewers know this, and I don't know how much of you seen, but besides the obvious one about busing, he's got stuff where he was friends with extreme racists, uh, extreme segregationists who said, you know, Joe, whether it's uh, supporting you or coming out against you, I'll do whatever you want to help you out. He said he got along great with that guy, and he, and he was, uh, he literally said, Black people are, are an inferior race. And then there's the other guy who is the last, last Dixiecrat to run for president. He got along great with him. So for a guy who's got all these stories about how, how much he's beloved in the black community, he sure got a lot of shady connections. Joe, how do you think they square this with the public? Is it just um, a matter of don't ask, don't tell? I mean, Kamala Harris, she's got her... Uh, her her background and her profession of putting people in jail. Joe Biden, he's got his background. How do they pull the wool over the eyes of people? And I know I'm sounding really biased here, but this is just the re I didn't, I didn't come into this thinking um, I'm going to find that he's racist and they're, and they're all doing this stuff. This is just based on my own research. How do they square with this with the public or is it just a matter of hiding it? Well, that's what the mainstream media is for. They, uh, <laughs> They, they kind of sway opinions based on a type of uh, propaganda that they push out. They push out that Trump was a racist and Joe Biden was the best thing since sliced bread. And it's actually 
the 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 reverse. Uh, Joe Biden was a racist, and President Trump was actually good for uh, America. I mean, you got to think. Trump was telling Black America, Latinos, and Asians, you know, what do you want me to do? I got five hundred billion dollars of platinum plan here. I'll let you guys start businesses and stuff like that. Tell me what you need, and I'm gonna get it done. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's on a Zoom call with civil rights leaders, staying in hell with y'all. I run on a platform nobody uh, thought would work, so I don't need y'all. Y'all gonna compete with the Mexicans. That's exactly what he said. So, yeah, and a lot of people look past that uh, the billions of dollars that you mentioned. I mean, there was a a meeting he had with black leaders in in the White House, and they said the hardest. I forget what her name was. I I, I don't want to get it wrong, but. A woman there said that the hardest part about getting this money to the inner cities is getting it past the Democrat leaders who run the city and getting it to the actual business owners and people that need the money. Now, Joe, I want to play a clip for you, um, which I believe you addressed on Newsmax, but it's so much fun. And I love Don Lemon <laughs> just as much as you do that I call him Don Lemon. And I can't get enough of this. Justin, can we queue up that wonderful clip of Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. You voted for the person who incited a crowd to go into the Capitol and, and potentially take the lives of lawmakers, took the lives of police officers, took the lives of innocent lives who were there on the Capitol that day. You voted on that side. Two of my favorite guys, Joe, Don Lemon and tough guy Chris Cuomo. My first question to you, Don Lemon, is he, does he blatantly lie or does he just not understand the things that he talks about and talks about them on the show anyways? I think that he's gotten away with lying so much that he just says whatever he wants to. What he needs is a, is a swift kick in the ass. And that's, <laughs> that's the problem right there. See, guys like him and Chris Cuomo, because they never had confrontation, because nobody ever pulled up on them, they feel like they can say what they want and it should be okay. But you never catch these guys out in public. You never see these guys anywhere. They won't talk trash to your face. And that's the problem with America right now. People with the internet and TV and everything make punks look like tough guys. Well, his logic there is completely flawed. I mean, there's two candidates. The Klan's going to support one, uh, and the Democrats stirred the Klan, and, and the Clintons were friends with a bunch of them. Uh, Joe, like I mentioned before, Joe Biden got along very well with a lot of segregationists. Uh, how, do they, how do they do this? Even the last Dixiecrat candidate, like I said, other vile racists were willing to endorse him. Who believes this, Joe? Um, what, what are we watching now uh, as MSNBC goes on about about the uh, the incitement of riot and still impeachment. Who is still believing this stuff, Joe? Who is still the CNN viewer that's, you know, 100% all in? I think it's about 11 million people that watch CNN. And so those are the only 11 million people that might believe the stuff that they see. But those are the people who don't go outside. Those are the people who don't really get engaged in what's going on. Those are the people who just sit in the house all day and they believe in that in that propaganda media. Now, we can go on and on about who we don't like to watch on CNN. That's pretty obvious. Who do you watch these days? Who's somebody that you like the opinions of, whether it's uh, current politics or a reporter or an anchor or something like that? Uh, I would say that Chris Salcedo and maybe Tucker Carlson and, and, and Sean Hannity, probably my favorite people to watch. 
But even even then, I still take it with a grain of salt. I make sure I go back and do my research before I take what they say as face value. Now, how do you feel about a lot of these? Um, I mean, late night talk show hosts are too easy. Like they're going to endorse whoever the, their network tells them to endorse. But a lot of celebrities, and I think of one. Um, you, you, you see Lil Wayne uh, coming out as a Republican. You see, I think, Exhibit as well, uh, a lot of rappers coming out. But on the other side, you see our artists and mainstream media. Like, you have Lady Gaga at the inauguration. You had Tom Hanks. Um, what do you think's in it for them? Now, the late, I don't know, not sure if you're familiar with the guy named Kingface. He's deceased a few months ago. But he personally told me that he was offered a million dollars to go against Donald Trump. Do you... Do you have any inside information on on how this comes to be? I don't see Lady Gaga picking up the New York Times every day and, and going to Fox News every day. I mean, I could be wrong, but based on what she said, it, it hasn't been apparent. What's in it for these? Is it just the in-club? Is it just the in-crowd and, and getting to, you know, perpetuate their celebrity as long as they, they toe the line? Yeah, basically. They try to get the most influential celebrities to go against uh, an agenda that the, you know, Hollywood industry doesn't like. Um, when it comes to Kingface, you know, you know, rest his soul, I can't confirm or deny that he was offered money. That's something that we've never talked about. But um, it, it's possible. It's possible. All right, Joe, last question before I let you go. I mean, I feel like we could trash people all day. <laughs> we have a good rapport there. Um, you let me know, what is your main goal going forward? Are you going to run again? What is next for you? What's on the horizon? Oh, yeah, we're running again. We've already uh, put our paperwork in and filed to run for Congress again. Our main focus right now is getting rid of Gavin Newsom. He's been the most uh, bipolar governor we've ever seen in a, in a very long time. People are getting sick of him, Democrats and Republicans. So my campaign is going to help California and get rid of that guy and try to find someone else to, to put in office of governorship. Well, that reminds me is the last thing here. How do you feel about now that Biden's office, all these cities are saying it's time to open up? Coincidence? No, I think it's I think it's hypocritical. You know, they they perpetuated the pandemic as if it was just this this totally terrible thing, even though the death rate is like point zero zero six or point zero zero seven or something like that. Um, they did it so they can sneak the mail-in ballots, so they can ballot harvest and stuff ballot boxes and and do whatever they can in order to to, to be President Trump. Now that he's not in office anymore, um, they're open back up. But I don't think they understand they have a bigger problem than President Trump right now. Yeah, and I'm glad we're behind the paywall now because the what I believe to be true, what you just said, would get us banned on YouTube. So thanks for joining me, Joe. Uh, you want to have any last words you want to share? Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. We'll we'll get it out to the people. I think people need to hear that there are all alternative are alternative voices in places like California, and you still got a lot of votes, even though you didn't win last time. And you have my support going forward. Uh, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Thank you as well.